morning, River Church. Happy Sunday. We are so excited that you have joined us on Facebook Live. We are just getting closer and closer each week to where we can be together again. But until then, uh, we are so uh, grateful to have this um, opportunity and this platform to be able to worship with you online. And so that's what I invite you to do now is just connect with us, worship with us, wherever you are, sing along with us, lift your hands with us. Um, if you have any prayer requests, be comment, commenting them uh, while we worship so that we can pray for you. So that's what we, we just invite you to connect and worship with us now.
beside me, no shadow, no valley, where you won't find me, no I am not afraid. Before me, behind me, always beside me, no shadow, no valley, where you Psalm 16, verse 11 says this. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. The joy of his presence. River Church, we're not able to gather in, in this building, but that doesn't mean that God's presence is not with you. God's presence cannot be contained. God's presence is everywhere and it's with you in your home, with your family, in your situation, in your household. And I want to tell you something. His presence is good news. It says the joy of his presence. So if you have anxiety this morning, if you have uh, things in your life that are bothering you, things that you've been holding on to, will you just give that to God right now as we enter into his presence, as we enter into to worshiping in? Will you just give that to him this morning? This morning we're about to sing a song about, about reaching out to heaven, a, a touch of heaven. A touch of heaven will cure you of your anxiety. A touch of heaven will cure you of, of whatever is ailing you. So we're calling out to God this morning. Will you just give him whatever it is that you're holding on to? Will you give him that sickness, that disease? Will you give him that burden, that anxiety? Will you give it to him this morning? Because in his presence is the fullness of joy. He's a God that trades beauty for ashes. He's a God that brings hope where there is none. He's a God who brings joy out of situations that feel lost and hopeless. Give it to him this morning and enter into worship with us as we seek God's presence in this song. How I live for the moment where I'm still in your presence, 
all the noise dies down Lord speak through me now you have all my attention I will linger and listen I can't miss a thing and Lord I know my heart wants more of you my heart wants something new so I surrender all and all I want is to live within your love be undone by who you are my desire is to know you deeper Lord I will open up again throw my fears into the wind I am dead before a touch of
Lord, we're desperate for a touch from you this morning. Do you need a touch from the Lord this morning? Do you need a touch from the Lord this morning? I do. I don't know about you, but I do. I need him to touch me. I need a touch from heaven. You know, we sang that death could not hold him, couldn't keep his grip on him because of what he did for us. Death cannot hold you either. That thing that's holding you down cannot hold you down. The thing that has you gripped, if you give it to Christ, it cannot keep its grip on you. You can break free from the chains this morning, the chains of depression, the chains of fear, the chains of doubt. You can break free from that because of what Jesus did for you. You can break free from that this morning. I want to sing that, uh, that, that, that verse again, death could not hold him. And as you sing from home, as you're watching on your phone, on your tablet, on your computer, on your TV, in your car, wherever you are watching this, I want you to reach out to him. And I want you to ask him to set you free from those things that are, that are holding you back, those things that are bringing you down, that depression, those things that are weighing heavy on your mind. Turn it over to him. Ask him to set you free from that this morning as we sing this song. He's a, there's a powerful name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's hope in the name of Jesus. There's deliverance in the name of Jesus. There's freedom in the name of Jesus. There's hope for you in the name of Jesus Christ. We're going to sing that one more time, and I want you to reach out to him. Reach out to him this morning. I feel him. I feel his presence. Yours is the glory, yours is the 
is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is hope. There is healing. There's forgiveness. There's mercy. There's love. Whatever you find yourself lacking this morning, it's found in Jesus. Whatever you have need of this morning, it can be found in Jesus. Lord, we come to you this morning, God, I pray that you would bless those who are watching, God, those who, who are feeling anxious, those who are feeling anxiety, God, those who are depressed, those who are uh, downhearted, God, I pray that you would lift them up. I pray that they would spring forth with hope, God, that the hope of the resurrected Christ would, would be born anew in them, uh, birthed afresh in them this morning. Bless them this morning, Lord, I pray for the needs that have come in. Lord, I pray for Mariah this morning. God, I pray that you would touch her. God, I pray that you would give her wisdom. God, I pray that you would that you would bless her this morning. God, I pray that you would help her to know exactly what, what steps to take, what road to go down. God, I pray for wisdom for her this morning. God, touch her and bless her in her mind. God, give her peace this morning. Give her peace and comfort in her heart today. But I pray for Eleanor this morning. God, I pray that you would uh, send healing power to her. Touch her, bless her family this morning. God, I pray that you would just bless her. God, I pray that you would just move with, upon her. God, I pray for a healing touch. Lord, I pray for Randall this morning. God, I pray that you would just touch him. God, I pray that you would continue the work that you have begun in his heart and in his mind. God, lift him up, encourage him, bless him today. Lord, I pray for uh, John Glogner this morning. God, I pray that you would touch him. God, I speak healing and life into his body in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you would lift him up. God, I pray that you would touch his, his kidneys and his liver. God, I pray for a healing in Jesus' name. Bless him today, God. God, I pray for Ralph this morning, God, as he continues to recover, God, that your hand would be upon him. Continue to give him health. Continue to uh, give him life. But I pray for Joey this morning. I pray that you would touch her, give her a healing in her body, bless her. Lord, I pray for Presley today, God. I pray that you would continue to lift her up, continue to bless her. Lord, I pray for my friend Robert this morning, that you would bless him. God, comfort him, encourage him. God, I thank you. Uh, for the way that you have touched Maho, God, that you were with her and that you blessed her. God, I pray for her family. God, I pray that you would bless them, strengthen them, Lord. <clears throat> I pray for Terry this morning. I pray for uh, that you would touch her and give her a healing. I pray for uh, my brother Pat this morning that you would bless him. God, I pray for those who are sick today. God, I pray for God. I pray for the workers at, at Triumph Foods this morning. God, I pray for those who have been diagnosed. God, for those who are sick. God, many of those people are far from home. God, I pray that you would comfort them and bless them. God, I pray for, for protection, Lord, for, for, for all the other workers. God, I pray for the people who are having to work. God, that your hand would be upon them, that you would protect them. God, I pray for those who are sick in our community. God, those who are sick in our state and in our country. God, in this world, God, that you would uh, spend a, send a speedy recovery. God, I pray that vaccines would come forth. God, I pray that, that medications would come forward. God, I pray that you would just bless those who are working on the front lines trying to get that done. God, I pray for wisdom. God, that you would give us wisdom and to know what to do and how to do it and when to do it. Lord, I thank you for it. Lord, I pray for the remainder of this service this morning. God, that your presence would be with us. God, that your hand would be upon us. God, that we would lift you up and that people would be drawn unto you. God, that people would be set free this morning by the power of your word and by the power of your Holy Spirit, by the power of the risen Christ, that we would be changed today. Change us, God. Draw us closer to you. Make us more like you. I thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Can we sing that? All I want. All I want is to live within your love. Be undone by who 
Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. God is good. God is good. I hope, I hope that you could feel uh, the presence of the Lord the way that we could feel it in this place this morning through that time of worship. I hope that it ministers to you. I hope that you could feel his hand as he was, as we were worshiping the Lord. I trust that you could. God is good. Uh, in the next uh, little bit, in the next week or so, we're going to be getting together talking about um, Proceeding with, with, uh, with, with church services and, and what that's going to look like and, and the shape that's going to take and, and, and how that's going to happen and when that's going to happen. So be looking for information coming from the church regarding that. Um, I forgot to say that if you, if you want to give um, at this time, you can, you can get on um, our church website, give through our um, church website. Or you can text to give. You should have the information there on the screen for you um, if you want to be a blessing to church. And I want to thank you um, from the bottom of my heart to everyone who has continued to give even though we have not been together, uh, meeting together. I I thank you for your faithfulness and your loyalty to the work that God is doing here. Um, Not loyalty to, to me or to pastor walker or pastor sharon or, or to anyone else but your loyalty to the work that god is doing through this church not just through me or through pastor walker or pastor sharon or, or pastor jesse or pastor Bo or, or or anyone but but that we're doing together what the church is doing together so so thank you for being a part of that i can't wait till we all get back together i got so many slideshows i want to show you of some stuff the church has been doing um <clears throat> it's good god is good so thank you. Thank you for giving. Um, and, and we will be putting out information in the next coming days about what um, our services are going to look like um, going forward. So um, be on the lookout for that. Amen. It's God. <clears throat> it's God. It's God to be in God's house. It's good to be in God's house this morning. It's good to be, I was going to say here with you, but it's good to be there with you uh, on your device or wherever you are viewing this. Thank you for letting us be part of your life. Thank you for letting us spend, uh, spend some time with you. We're going to look into the scripture this morning, and we've been talking the last 
uh, since Resurrection Sunday, um, we've been talking about where Jesus can be found or where you can find Jesus or where you will always find Jesus. And Pastor Walker uh, briefly mentioned this in his message a couple weeks ago. Uh, at, the, at the outset of his message, he said Christ can always be found in the poor. Jesus will always be found in the poor. And, and then, but he didn't spend a whole lot of time talking about that. Uh, so I'm going to spend a whole lot of time talking about that this morning. <laughs> and I say a whole lot of time, but it, well, it probably will be, but we'll see. Um, but I'm going to talk about that this morning, how that Christ can be found in the poor, how that you can find Jesus. We've talked about how you can find him at the table, how you can find him um, in your pain, how you can find him in your suffering. We, we talked about all these places where you can find the resurrected Christ. And I want to talk this morning about how that he can be found in the poor. I'm going to take an interesting uh, text um, to talk about this, though. Um, it's found in Mark, the 14th chapter. Uh, it should be on your device pretty soon. Um, and we're going to read this, and then we're going to talk about it. It was now two days before Passover and the festival of unleavened bread. The leading priests and the teachers of religious law were still looking for an opportunity to capture Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the Passover celebration, they agreed, or people may riot. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive Perfume made from essence of nard. Sounds like something from Chronicles of Narnia or uh, <clears throat> something like that. The essence of nard. Okay, sorry. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. Some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly, but Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want to. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. <clears throat> and that's what we're going to do here today. Lord, I thank you for the scripture. I thank you, Lord, uh, for the insight that, Lord, that we have, that we can look back at the life of Christ. We can look back at your life, see how you did things, see what you did, and, and we have an example that we can follow. Lord, I pray that as we look into the scriptures this morning, God, that we would be changed ourselves, that the power of your word and by the power of your Holy Spirit would work, do a work in us, start a work in us, complete a work in us. God, to help us understand that you are found in the poor that you can be found there. I thank you for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so I want to talk a little bit about this scripture this morning, and, and it looks, on the surface, it looks a little interesting. It looks a little confusing when you hear the words that come out of Christ's mouth. But before we get, um, get to that part of the scripture, I want to make a couple observations. Jesus, uh, first observation, Jesus and his disciples regularly gave to the poor. Jesus and his disciples made it common practice to give to the poor. Do you remember the Last Supper when they said, when Judas took off and they assumed, oh, he's made arrangements with Jesus to go give to the needy? Jesus in his ministry constantly 
gave to the needy. He's constantly talking about giving to the poor. In fact, in this story, we see some of the disciples are upset because this may have affected their ministry to the poor. Ministering to the poor was something that Jesus and his disciples did. In, in the feeding of the 5,000, Philip says, where can we buy bread? He didn't say, why should we buy bread? Or why didn't they bring their own bread? He said he was concerned about where he could buy the bread. Where am I going to buy the bread for these many people? His response wasn't, well, they should have brought their own bread, or why should we buy them bread, or they should have planned better. He's like, where can we buy bread? My point is this, the life and the ministry of Christ on this earth was one of giving to the poor, one of giving to the needy. Christ gave to the poor in spirit. He gave to uh, <clears throat> the leper. Remember the leper? The leper wasn't just physically poor. He was poor in spirit because he was ostracized from the community. He was poor in spirit. The woman with the issue of blood, she was physically poor, yes, but she was poor in spirit because she too was unclean. The demoniac had, had issues, but he was poor in spirit. Nicodemus was poor in spirit. He was rich in, in money, but he was poor in spirit. Jesus uh, was constantly pouring into the people who were poor in spirit. Peter was poor in spirit. The rich young ruler, he was rich, but he was poor in spirit. Uh, in the book of Revelation, when Christ is talking to one of the churches, he says, you're rich, but you are poor. You can be rich physically, but be poor in spirit. And Christ wants to do a work in you if you find yourself there this morning. Christ did a work in those who were poor in spirit. There are those who were the poor in health, and Christ did a work in them. I already mentioned a couple of them. He came and he healed the blind. He healed the lame. He healed people with fevers. Remember, Peter's mother-in-law had a fever. He healed her. Jesus was concerned with people who were poor in spirit. But he also gave to the poor in resources. He fed the 5,000. He fed the 4,000. He, he constantly was talking about when, ways to give to the needy. He addresses it constantly. When you give to the needy, do it in secret. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. When you give to the needy, don't do it publicly because you'll be rewarded in secret if you keep it secret. Christ was constantly uh, challenging people to give to the needy, and in his own life and ministry, he gave to the needy. So I want to, that's where I want to start, that Christ's ministry was one of, yes, the poor in spirit, yes, the poor in health, but the poor in resources. Christ was concerned with people who were poor in resources, and he constantly was trying to get other people to take on that concern. What did he tell the rich young ruler? You're lacking one thing. Sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. What? What? We don't like, we don't like to talk about that scripture a whole lot. We don't hear that scripture a whole lot, but that's something that Jesus asked of this young man, and he wasn't willing to do it. Okay, so that's the first thing I want to take out of this, is that Jesus and his disciples had a practice of giving to the poor. And, and then I want to tackle this, this second thing in here where Jesus says, the poor you have with you always. I think sometimes we hear that and we think, man, that's a pretty harsh statement, Jesus. Are you poo-hooing the poor? Are you acting like... Um, we shouldn't uh, give to the poor. Let me tell you what I think Christ was saying here. Let me tell you what I think a better translation would be. I think he's telling us that we are to make a lifelong habit of giving to the poor. 
That this should not be a one-time gift, a one-time thing. Hey, let's sell this perfume and give it to the poor. Christ is trying to say the poor are going to be with you and part of your life always. You should make a lifelong habit of doing this. It should become a lifelong practice of giving to the poor. That's what I think Jesus was saying here. He wasn't saying the poor aren't important. He was implying that this will be a regular spiritual practice. He was constantly saying, when you give to the poor, do this or do that. And I already said that. We are to live a life of giving to the poor. And here at the River Church, we try to make that a priority. We have many outreaches where we do give to the poor. We continually have, you know, tubs in the back where where people bring stuff in, items in, that we can give to those in need. We serve at the food kitchen. We, We serve at different places in the community. Anytime we hear of a need um, in our community, we come together. That's one of the things I love the most about this church is that when we hear about a need, we come together as a body and we give to that need. This church always responds to the needy, to the poor. I I feel that's one of the things I love the most about my church family is that we respond. You as a family, as a church family, respond to the needs that are put in front of you. And that's how we should be. And that's one of the reasons I love this church so much. But understand, Christians aren't the only ones who give to the poor. Christians aren't the only ones who give to the poor. Anybody in here? I mean, I'm not looking at very many people. I'm just looking at the band. Anybody out there? (laughs) Ever bought a pair of Toms? Yeah, of course you have. Well, when when you buy a pair of Toms, somebody else gets a pair of Toms, right? You buy a pair of Toms, they get a pair of Toms. You buy a pair of Mamba socks, somebody else gets a pair of Mamba socks. There are lots of companies that do this, that give to the poor, that are not Christian. Thank God for them. I'm, I'm saying it's a good thing that they do it. But what we as a church have that other places don't have because generosity to the poor is a good thing and it's, it's, it's something that God has put inside of us and it's something we should respond to. But when the church helps someone in need, we aren't just another resource for that person. We offer resources in the name of Jesus. We offer something that Tom's can't offer, something that Mamba can't offer. We offer them the name of of Jesus. We give something in the name of Jesus. Mark 9:41 says this, "For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because ye belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward." We give something and we give resources in Jesus name. And in the original uh, name means essence, in the essence of Christ. To the Hebrew people, name was everything. Your name was tied to your character, tied to your presence. And when we pray over people in the name of Jesus, we're praying his presence over them. And when we give something in the name of Jesus, we're not just giving food and drink and offering healing, but we're offering the presence of Jesus by invoking his name when we do it. When we give to the poor, when we give resources, we give it in the name of Jesus And so it is not just a resource, it is the presence. It can bring the presence of God to their life. The hope that we bring doesn't come from a sandwich. And I like sandwiches. I do. Anybody ever been to Joe's Kansas City Barbecue? Yeah, 
Yeah. Mm, I feel that. 54th Street has a really good barbecue sandwich right now with jalapeno bacon. And man, I'm getting hungry up here. I love a good sandwich, but the hope we give doesn't come through a sandwich. It doesn't come from a blanket or a pair of gloves. Yes, those things are needed, but the hope comes from the name that we give it in. The hope comes from the name of Jesus. The hope that we bring doesn't come in the form of diapers or formula. It isn't wrapped in clothing or coats. The hope we bring isn't found in the mowing we do or the ramps we build for people. We bring is the, what we bring is the name of Jesus, and the hope is the presence of Jesus. We do all those things out of love and compassion that he's put inside of us, yes, but the difference is made when we do it in his name. The difference is made when we give it and we offer it in the name of Jesus. That's what makes us different from every other kind of organization is that we do it in the name of Jesus. We bring it through the power of Jesus, the power of his presence. Amen. Amen. I was reading this, that scripture that I just read there about um, the reward that we will receive for giving even a cup of cold water. And, you know, we get so caught up in, in sometimes Christian culture in rewards that we are going to receive in the afterlife or how big our mansion's going to be. Or... And when I was reading this scripture this week, I said this prayer to the Lord. I said, Lord, let the reward of the River Church, let the reward of, of our efforts be that the people we give resources to, it makes a difference. That, that it lifts the burdens off their shoulders. That's the only reward I care about. I mean, I don't know about you, but, but in the afterlife, if I get to be in the presence of Christ, that's all I care about. I don't care about uh, stupid rewards or, or mansions over the hilltop or, or rooms or whether he was saying mansions or rooms or in my father's house are many mansions. Some people say mansions. Some people say rooms. Thank you uh, for that. Thank you. Oh. Uh, Hannah just brought me a glass of cold water. She's trying to get a reward. You just got it because I mentioned you. So, sorry. I'm feeling kind of dry this morning. Don't be, don't be counting on some great reward in the afterlife is what I'm saying. If you get to be in the presence of God, in the presence of Christ, that's enough. If I can someday find myself in his presence for eternity, that's all I care about. I want my reward for doing good things on this earth in the name of Jesus. I want it to be that it makes a difference in people's lives. I want the people that this church helps, I want when they go to bed that night, I want burdens to be lifted off their shoulders. I want them to be able to sleep better and, 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 and to be able to think more clearly and to not feel depressed or, or feel so burdened down because I've felt burdened down before. And it's no fun. And I want as a church body, I want us to be able to lift that burden off of people. That's what I want my reward to be. And so I told the Lord that's all I care about for any of you either. So hope you're all right with that. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, no, I actually did say that. So I was going to say I'm just kidding, but I'm not. I really did pray that this week. That's all I care about. I want my reward to be that everything I do in this life, in Jesus' name, that, that it brings hope, that it breaks light into darkness, that it brings the presence of Jesus here and now, that it brings the kingdom of God down here and now. Let our reward be that we make a difference for real people in our community, 
real people. I'm not talking about pictures on a wall or, or I'm talking about real flesh and blood, that we make a difference in real flesh and blood. God, let this church do that. God, let the River Church be a church where we make a difference in real people's lives. Amen. Amen. As we reach out in Jesus' name, that they will feel his love, his mercy, and his grace, and that people are drawn to him by resources we provide. So that was my... The second observation was we need to have a life of giving to the needy, a life of giving to the poor. So Jesus says something interesting here. He says every time the good news is preached, every time the gospel is preached, everywhere the gospel is preached, this woman's story will be told. This woman gives this extravagant gift, and Jesus says every time that the gospel is preached everywhere it's preached, this story is going to be told. And so here's, I'm going to apply it to to my message today. How much is too much when it comes to giving to the poor? What's the limits we set? Where do we draw the line? Okay, that's too much. They can get a job. They can do this. They can do that. How much is too much? How much should we hold back? How much of the good news of Christ should we keep to ourselves? After all, we've got things we want to do. After all, we've got things that we want this church to do. After all, there's, we have visions and we have dreams. We have things that we want to do. I'll, I'll never forget, it was probably four or five years ago, maybe longer, I was mowing the grass up here at the church. And I, was, I had brought my <clears throat> push mower from home to mow the grass. And why did I do that, you ask? Because someone had stolen our riding lawnmower, had broken in and stolen our, stolen our riding lawnmower, and many other things that they had stolen. And so I was up here begrudgingly uh, push mowing the grass. Now, if you're watching this and you don't know what kind of grass we have up here, that's all right. We have a couple of acres of grass, and it's, it doesn't take too terribly long on our zero-turn rider that, we, that God has blessed us with now. But when you're mowing with an 18-inch push mower, it can take a little time. And I wasn't in the best mood as I was mowing, I'm going to be honest. And I was looking around at uh, the, the hill that we have here that has to be weedied. It can't be mowed. Was, was daunting and needed to be done. The hill over on uh, the east side of the building also needed to be done. Uh, and I was just looking around and I'm mowing the grass. And then I'm over here on this side hill by the church and I'm looking up at the church. And at that time, the church didn't have the nice gutters that it has now. It didn't have the nice softening that it has now. There were holes, visible holes in the church. And I'm mowing the grass and I'm looking up there and I'm just, you know, of course I've, I've got some, some tunes in. I was probably listening to some uh, Casting Crowns or Praise You in This Storm or something. <laughs> you know, as I'm mowing the grass and feeling sorry for myself. And <clears throat> again, I, I always get weary when people say things like, well, God spoke to me. But this scripture kept coming to my mind. And it was just a very small part of the scripture. And it was, 
give them to eat. And I, was, and I knew where that, that con- the context of that scripture, and I just kept mowing. And, and, and the, I felt like at the time, and I still feel like, the Lord just kept saying, give them to eat. Well, if you don't know, that scripture comes from uh, when Jesus was feeding the 5,000. And he looks at one of his disciples, and he's like, oh, these people are probably hungry. Give them something to eat. And the disciple says, we don't have enough for ourselves. We have five loaves and two fish. I mean, Peter just went to Captain D's or Red Lobster and got a a two-fish, two-piece platter, and they put three extra rolls in there. So we have five loaves and two fish. He ate the hush puppies on the drive back. That's all we have. We don't even have enough for the 12 of us and you, Jesus. And that's exactly the way I thought as I was mowing the grass and looking around me and looking at the soffits and everything we had to do around here. I felt God saying, you need to become more involved in this community. This church needs to be more giving. And I thought, what? We don't even have enough for ourselves. And, I, and I, the Lord was really speaking to me in that um, a Sunday or two later, I preached that in this church. I wasn't full-time pastor at that time, but I, I, I preached that we needed to start being a church that's more giving. The very next Sunday, during our worship service, uh, we found out about someone who's not involved in this church had, uh, was, was in the, the, the Buchanan County Jail, and he bailed out. Nobody in this church but me knew him. And this church took an offering for somebody they didn't even know and we, got some, we visited somebody in prison. And I'm telling you, thing, things have changed around this, at this church um, in the past several years. We now have new uh, gutters. We ha- have new soffits. We've got new lawnmowers. We've got people that will help me with that and weed eat and, and, and all that stuff. But it all started, I believe, when we started giving. When we started turning the focus from being inward focused to outward focused. And as we started doing that, then revival kind of started with the youth, and then God exploded things at this church. But it wasn't until we started being concerned with the poor, concerned with uh, the least of these. Jesus is found among the poor. The spiritually poor, the broken and the weak, the physically poor, and the resources poor. He can be found there. So, so maybe you, you're watching this and you're saying, hey, how can I, how can I, be, how can I give to the poor? How can, I, how can I be more involved? This church has, get involved with the outreaches that we have. Um, hopefully and prayerfully very soon we can start our connect groups again, face-to-face connect groups, and, and all of our connect group leaders will, will have knowledge of, of the projects that are going on. I promise you we have projects going on right now. So, so, so get involved with the connect groups. Get involved with uh, uh, the outreaches that we have going on. And, and one way is you can just give to the church if you want and designate it as, as an outreach. And we'll put it to the outreach that we're doing. I promise we're doing something constantly. We are always doing something. So how much is too much? Jesus said this story would be told every time the gospel, the good news is preached. How much was too much for her? She gave her most valuable possession. She took her most valuable possession and she broke it and gave it. 
And that's what Jesus does when he feeds the 5,000. He blesses it. He takes what we give. He blesses it. He breaks it, and then he gives it. There's a great book written on that. Uh, So I'm not going to preach that to you. But that's what he does. How much is too much? Well, they're just going to waste it. You know, uh, or, or, or sometimes we think, what we have to give is so minuscule. I only have, you know, $3. That's not going to feed anybody. We're not in charge of the multiplication process. And that's what I felt the Lord told me when I was mowing the grass. I'm like, how can, how can we do anything? How can we give anything? God, we don't have enough to do anything. And he said, I felt like he said to me, i got to be careful by saying he said, I felt like he said, leave that up to me. You put the loaves and the fish in my hand. And I'll do the miraculous. And I'll make it enough. So River Church, how much is too much? There is no too much. You can't give too much to, to the poor and to the needy. And I'm not going to pass an offering plate. I'm not going to send a deacon to your door and ask you for an offering after this message. I'm not trying to get money out of you right now. But we need to live a life that is giving. A life that is giving to others. How much is too much? She gave all that she had. And Jesus said, this is going to be remembered. This gift will be remembered. I want to leave a mark. I want, this, I want the River Church to leave a mark in this community. I want us to be remembered. Not so that, again, we can get praise and accolades, but so that people will uh, be touched and be moved and that their lives will be changed and made better. Amen. Amen. This gift is what Jesus wanted us to remember. Look at this gift she gave. It's extravagant. It's too much. It's too much. Oh, you're doing too much for them. You've done too much for them, brother. Sister, you've done too much for them. Judas always will show up when you try to help others. Judas is always going to be there when you're trying to to pour into other people's lives. There's always going to be a Judas that's going to try to tell you, talk you out of it. Follow this woman's example. Give to the poor. Give to the needy. Jesus is found among the poor. <clears throat> Matthew 25, 44 through 45. It says this. this is, these are the words of Jesus. It says, Then they will, will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger? or naked, or sick, or in prison, and not help you. And he will answer, I tell you the truth, when you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. If you want to see Jesus, look in the face of the poor. Look in the face of the hungry. Look in the face of the thirsty. Look in the face of the immigrant. That's a hot-button topic, I know. And I was going to say, I'm not going to try to make you mad, but I don't care if I make you mad. Look in the face of the immigrant if you want to see Jesus. Because that's where he's found. Well, yeah. oh, yeah, how, how, how did they get here? Did they get here legally? <laughs> they come to take, take our stuff, my stuff, my rights. You don't have any rights 
if you belong to the kingdom of God. You don't have anything if you belong to the kingdom of God because everything that you have that is in your hands is given to you to give away. You don't have any rights in the kingdom of God. You're a servant in the kingdom of God. And who are you called to serve? The poor, the naked, the hungry, the immigrant. Yeah, bro, bro. We speak English in America. <laughs> oh, brother. Help me, Lord. Ah. Where was I? Oh, I was reading. <laughs> I was reading scripture. Uh, you want to find Jesus? Look in the face of the immigrant, the face of the imprisoned. Look in the face of the sick. That's where you're going to find him. I, uh, I felt like, I know I'm sharing a couple of different life experiences with you today. <clears throat> I've been going to church my entire life. Uh, for the better part, for the earlier part of it, whether I wanted to or not, uh, I do have a love for the house of the Lord. I do have a house for, love for church now. But when I was a kid, we had Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Saturday morning prayer. I mean, we had a lot of church services and we went. So I've been in church a lot. I've been in church services a lot. I've been to camps. I've been to revivals. I've, been, I've sat in a lot of church meetings. But I feel like there was one time in my life that I actually saw the face of Christ. Again, this probably some of you think I'm crazy, and that's fine. You can think that. I mean, I didn't actually see a bearded man with a crown of thorns on his head or anything like that. But I truly felt like I saw the face of Christ. And it wasn't at an altar. And it wasn't in a church building, and it wasn't in a church pew. It was outside of a pizza hut. And it was laying on a cold ground, covered up with a blanket with holes and patches in it. And it smelled. They smelled. This Jesus that I encountered smelled, had a smell to them. But as I took Jesus, a Dr. Pepper, and a couple slices of pizza. It, it, it was a woman, and she looked at me, and I, I said, hey, I just, just want to give you something to eat, something to drink if you, if you want it. And she sat up, and she said, oh, thank you so much. And I said, I just want to tell you that, you know, God loves you. And she thanked me again, and she smiled at me. And when she smiled at me, I can't explain it to you, and I don't know how I know this, but in my, in my spirit, I felt the Lord was saying to me, and I felt like I saw the face of Christ in that woman. Like in that moment, I encountered Christ. I encountered Christ. I really felt like I did. And then Scripture backs it up, because when you have done it to the least of these, you have done it unto me. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to do it to the least of these. Even if we don't agree with them politically. Even if they have messed up their life and got themselves in that place. Maybe they've squandered everything they've been given like the prodigal. The prodigal squandered everything. And the father ran to meet him, threw his best robe on him. That's what we're to do as a church. That's what we're called to do. And that's what I want us to do at the River Church. Jesus Christ can be found in the least of these. Can be found in the poor. And maybe you say, my gift is laughable. 
you know, what I have to offer and what I have to give, it's, it's like the five loaves and two fish. It's laughable. God will take that and will make it enough. God will make it enough. What the gift accomplishes is not up to you. What if they waste it? What if they don't appreciate it? What if they, I told, I've told the story about how I saw a lady give a guy outside of a quick trip money. He went in and bought booze and lottery tickets. That's everybody's nightmare that gives to, the, that gives to people standing outside of quick trips, right? But that doesn't matter. Because she did what she felt God was asking her to do. She was, I, I heard her talking to him. She was witnessing to him, talking to him about the love of God, talking to him about the love of Christ. She gave the gift, and it doesn't matter. God, God takes the gift when we give it, and he multiplies it, and he does, does the work that he needs. It doesn't matter what, what we think somebody's going to do with it. When we feel God is calling us, or when we see a need in front of us, we are to meet, uh, meet that need. Amen? Amen. I, 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 I can't speak specifically if that, if that was a turning point in this church, what I talked about when I was mowing the grass, but I know it was a turning point in my life. It changed my life. It changed the way that I see people. It changed the way that I see uh, uh, people and, and, and how I try to help people and what I try to do for people. I know it was a turning point in my life, and I feel like it was in this church. And church, God wants us to not forget where he's found. Don't forget where, where Jesus is found. Yes, we encounter his love. We encounter his presence when we come into church or when we watch church, hopefully when you watch church on Facebook. I hope that you, I hope you could feel the presence of God that was in this place when we were worshiping this morning. I know I could. It, it, it was powerful. It was tangible. I hope that was coming through. And yes, we come together and we feel God's presence here when we come together. But I'm telling you, don't forget that he's found there too. He's found outside these walls. He's found in the poor. He's found in the needy. He's found in the immigrant. He's found in the sick. He's found in the imprisoned. Do not forget where he's found. <clears throat> Hebrews 12, 14, and I'm about to steal what, what comes out of my mouth next is stolen from my cousin, uh, Bank or Jonathan Garlock. This will be a test to see if he really watches these services because I'll get a text from him <clears throat> asking me about it, but at least I'm crediting him. Hebrews 12, 14 says, work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. And all my life I grew up hearing Holiness, you got to have holiness if you want to see God. If you want to see God, you've got to live a holy life. And what most of the time we were talking about, we were talking about purity codes. We were talking about Levitical law. We were talking about if you line up right, if you don't do this and do do this, you know, if you don't, uh, oh, I'm, so, I'm trying to think of some of the crazy things. If you don't uh, watch Star Wars and you do come every Monday or every Wednesday night, every Sunday morning, Sunday night. If you don't watch Chronicles of Narnia, I'm just trying to think of some of the things that, some of the holiness standards that, that were evident in the 80s and 90s and still today. If you, if you don't go on the platform with nothing but a white shirt, if you, we created these crazy holiness standards that have nothing to, or purity standards that have nothing to do with holiness. Holiness is Christ's likeness. And I credit, I'll have to credit that if I'm crediting people. I credit that to, to Chris Green. <laughs> Holiness is Christ's likeness. 
becoming like Christ. That's holiness. And without holiness, you won't see God. And this is where I'm stealing from Bink, is that to see God, you've got to be holy. And where do we see God? We see him in the face of the least of these. If we want to see God show up, we've got to be holy and Christ-like. And, 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 and how, what do I mean by Christ-like? I mean willing to trade my comfort for yours. Isn't that what Christ did? He took on our sin. He took on our shame. He took on our pain. He took on our guilt. We are called to be like Christ, to trade our comfort for the comfort of someone else. That is holiness. And when you become holy in that way, then you will see God in the face of the stranger, in the face of the downtrodden. I want to be holy. I want to be like Christ. And, and, and what did Christ do? He traded his comfort for the comfort of others. I know this isn't shouting preaching this morning. But it's what we have to do. We, we, talk, we talk about all the time, oh, I want to be like Jesus. No, we, we really don't want to be like Jesus. We want, to get, we want to live a good life is what we want. We want to be comfortable. You want to be like Jesus? Then start trading your comfort for other people's comfort. You want to be like Jesus? Then start taking on other people's shame, other people's guilt, other people's hurts. And trading your comfort for theirs. You want to be like Jesus? Maybe you should, maybe you should re-examine Jesus. Because in the American church, in the Western world, we, we talk a big talk about, oh, we want to, Lord, we just want to be like you. We'll write songs about it. No, we, we really don't. We don't want to welcome the stranger. But to be truly holy is to be like Jesus and to trade our comfort for his. <clears throat> and are we like that? You remember what Moses said about the children of Israel? Moses showed some of the holiness uh, that I'm talking about here. He said, blot my name out of the book, but keep them in. Are we willing to trade our comfort for the comfort of others? Are you, really, are you willing to do that? That's a hard question. And if you're not, I understand that. I understand where that comes from. But then you don't really want to be like Jesus. And if I'm not willing to do that sometimes, if I'm not willing to trade my comfort for the comfort of others, then I'm not really wanting to be like Jesus. Okay. I've got to put a caboose on this thing. God is good. God is good to us. God reveals things to us in his word. And God will reveal himself to us. He reveals himself to us in the downtrodden. He reveals himself to us in the least of these. So we have to reach out to the least of these. So my points this morning were this. Number one, Christ made a sacrifice, or made a practice of giving to the poor in his life. Number two, he wants us to make it a continual practice. And number three, the woman's sacrifice is a reminder of how freely we should give, how generous we should be. And that's why I believe Christ said this gift will be a memorial that everybody will hear about.
Because that is the kind of gift I'm looking for from, from my followers. Amen. Amen. Maybe you're, I'm going to ask the band to come up. Maybe, uh, maybe you're poor in spirit today. You know, I talked a little bit about poor in spirit, people who are poor in spirit. And maybe you find yourself there. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're confused. Maybe you're hurt. Maybe you don't know which way to turn. Maybe, you, maybe you're just poor in spirit. Maybe, maybe that's you today. And I want to tell you that Christ is with you if you'll reach out to him. Christ is right there beside you. Maybe you're poor in health today. Maybe you're sick in body. Maybe you need uh, prayer. I want you to understand that Christ is there with you. And if you reach out to us, we will pray for you. That's, that's one of the things I miss the most about getting together is our prayer time that we have after song service where we can bear one another's burdens and we can lift one another up in prayer. I miss that so much. Where we can lean on one another. But I'm telling you, if you find yourself uh, poor in spirit today or poor, uh, poor in body, sick in body, that Christ is there with you. And maybe you're poor in resources. And I just want you to know that Jesus cares for you. He loves you. That you, are, that you have worth. That you are created with purpose. That you are not a mistake. That you are not an accident. I don't know, care what anyone has ever said to you or told you. But you are not. Christ cares for you. Christ loves you. He is right there with you this morning. And maybe you're like the disciples and, and you're... This message is challenging you to, to do something for somebody, to give to the needy, to give to the poor. And maybe you're like, I don't have enough. My, my resources aren't enough. And oftentimes what we have to offer isn't enough. But God takes what we give and he multiplies it. I, I've said this a lot from, from the pulpit. I've said this a lot. This church, we've said it a lot. That, you know, we might not be able to help everybody. And we, we might not be able to. I'm not going to say we can't because I don't want to put any limits on God. But we might not be able to help everybody. But we can help somebody. We can help somebody. You might not be able to feed everybody. You might not be able to clothe everybody. But you can feed somebody. You can clothe somebody. You can help somebody. So let this message challenge you this morning. Let it challenge you the way you, that you think about um, the poor, the needy, the downtrodden. Let it challenge the way you think about yourself, that, you, that God is with you. If you're poor in spirit today, I want you to be lifted up. I want to pray for you. Uh, let's, let's pray. Lord, I pray for your people this morning. Lord, I pray that you would bless them. God, I pray for those who are poor in spirit this morning. Lord, I pray that you would lift them up. God, I pray that you would raise them up, God. God, I pray that you would just bless them. God, I pray that you would encourage them. God, I pray that you would speak life into them. God, I pray for those who are sick this morning. God, I pray and speak healing into them. God, I pray that your, uh, that, that your healing power, God, would flow into them and through them. That it's your life-giving power, God. In Jesus' name, we speak healing and life. And God, I pray for those who are poor in resources this morning. God, I pray that you would just touch them and bless them. God, I pray that they would have enough, that that dollar would stretch, God, that they would find in you that they have enough. Bless them, Lord. God, I pray that this church would be a blessing. God, I pray for your church. God, I pray for the River Church. God, I pray that we would be a people who are giving. God, I pray that we would not set limits on, on what's too much or, or, or too much help or too much gift. But God, that we would give extravagantly. God, that we would give 
openly. God, that we would pour out everything that we have. God, that we would be like you. That we would trade our own comfort for the comfort of others. God, help us. God, help us to be like Christ. Help us to be like you. God, I pray for a blessing. I speak a blessing over your people today. God, I speak a blessing over them. God, I pray that you would bless them and keep them. Lord, that you would cause your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them. And Lord, let your favor be upon us. And God, grant us peace. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let us, let us worship as we sing this song today. Worship at home along with us. As we sing this, may God's favor be on you. May his grace be on you. May his peace be on you. May his blessings be on you and upon your children. In Jesus' name. Lord bless you. His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. The Lord bless you and keep shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you
generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you in a thousand generations and your family and their children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you in a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening and you're coming and you're going and you're weeping and rejoicing he is for you 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 he is for you